0: wonderful, wonderful presence of the Lord that's in here today. Praise God. You're welcome to be seated. Hallelujah. It really is an honor to be in Cabot, Arkansas. When your pastor announced that I'm from Alaska, there's usually a a unique reaction that uh, takes place, but fact of the matter is, half of me is from Arkansas. My dad was born and raised in Truman, Arkansas. Big metropolis city over in northeast Arkansas, right? Southeast, northeast Arkansas. And uh, so I feel like I'm somewhat half of me is at home this morning. Amen, amen. It is an honor to be here. What a great, great job this church did, hosting this minister's conference this week. And I could understand what your pastor was saying when he got up here and thanked everybody. And uh, But at the end of the day, everything rises and falls on leadership. Amen? And you have been blessed to have... Two of the greatest leaders in all of Pentecost. Amen. And uh, I, I appreciate details. I, I've, I've looked around since I got here on Friday, and I just I noticed things, and everything is done with excellence. And I think God appreciates that. I think when we get to heaven everything is going to be in place everything is going to be done properly and so church i commend you on your spirit of excellence amen and i want to make a third commercial i've made it twice already this week but in our general convention in uh, the united pentecostal church on the wednesday it's October the 5th in Orlando, Florida. I'm giving this church an excuse to take a vacation to Florida because your great pastor is going to be ministering to our whole organization on that Wednesday evening, and we are so excited about that. Amen? <clears throat> Amen. Sister Gaddy, thank you for everything. This week has just been marvelous, and... Um, um, I appreciate, I appreciate your serving the kingdom. Um, I feel like I'm on a mission today. You know, when you, when you're a guest speaker in, in someone else's church that you've never been to, you really uh, now this sounds bad, but you, you completely have to depend on God. When your pastor and I communicate, we don't talk about what's going on in your churches. We don't talk about what's going on in our church. We talk about how good it used to be when we were young. We were on the youth committee together, and then we were on the NAM committee together, and then on the general board together, and we're getting old. But um, So I don't know anything that's going on in this church, good, bad, or indifferent. And so I had to totally depend on just the voice and the direction of the Holy Ghost today. And I woke up early this morning, and the Lord put something in my heart. And so I'm going to deliver what I feel the Holy Ghost wants me to deliver. If he would have asked my opinion, which he did not, I would have gone a different direction. So I want to turn your attention to 1 Samuel 16, and I want to echo Pastor Gaddy's um, appreciation for my son. I appreciate him traveling with me on this trip. We've had a tremendous, tremendous time together. If you'll stand with me, 1 Samuel chapter number 16, verse number 1, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul? seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill thy horn with oil and go, and I'll send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have provided me a king among his sons. And Saul said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he'll kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with thee, and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. And And called Jesse to the sacrifice I'll show thee what thou shalt do and thou shalt appoint unto me him whom I name unto thee and Samuel did which the Lord spake and he came to Bethlehem and the elders of the town trembled at his coming they asked if he was coming peaceably and he said peaceably come to sacrifice of the Lord sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice and he Sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. Came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and he said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Don't look on his countenance nor the height of his stature. I've refused him, for the Lord seeth not as man seeth, but the Lord looketh on the out. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Jesse called Benadab and made him pass before Samuel, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen him. Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. And again Jesse made seven more of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen thee. Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and he keepeth the sheep. Samuel said to Jesse, send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent him and brought him in, and was he was a ruddy, and he was his, withal, his he was ruddy and withal of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Samuel said, or Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And The Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. I want to talk to you today on this subject when God calls a king. If you'll put your Bibles down and let's ask God this. I don't have a sermon today. I'm not very good at that. But I, I do feel like I have a word of the Lord for this church or somebody in this church. But I want you to ask God to prepare your heart to receive. Ask your God that prepare your heart to receive. We want to hear something from God today. Can we do that? Lift your voice right now. God, touch us. Speak to us. Let us hear a word from you today, God. Minister to this great congregation, I pray. You understand every need that's in this room right now, God. You understand the heart of each and every one that's standing in this room right now, God. I pray Your minister is only you can do, God. Pour out, oh Lord, your anointing on this congregation to receive. We give you all the glory and all the praise. Everyone said in Jesus' name. Lord bless you. What a day we're living in. What a day God has called us, the church of the Most High God, to be a part of. We are in truly unprecedented times, and I believe that God has called each of us in this room specifically and strategically for such a time as this. Never in the history of mankind. Has there been a day like this day? I won't waste your time and talk about how unprecedented the last two years have been. But we have been called. We have been chosen as a part of God's plan for this end time church. As it was in the days of Noah, the Bible says. As it was in the days of Lot, the Bible says. But here's the difference. Greater is he that is in us. We are the generation that have the infilling of the Holy Ghost and the power of God. So this is a day like's never been seen before. The very spirit of God is in us. Somebody said amen. God's trying to tell the church in this hour that this is the day. If there's ever been... In the last 2,000 years since Pentecost, an hour or a generation where the church must be operating on all cylinders, it's now. If there's ever been a time for everybody under the sound of my voice to be divinely in the will of God, this is the day. I don't know hardly any of you But I do feel like in this congregation today that there are people that God has strategically brought into the kingdom of God. And you need to be reassured today that God has called you. God has chosen you. You're not here today just to be a member of this dynamic church. But you have a will and a plan of God upon your life. The spirit of the Antichrist is at work like we've never seen before. Hell knows what time it is. Hell knows his time is short. The Bible says hell has come down with great wrath because he knows his time is short. Real quickly in 2 Timothy, I want to read in verse, or chapter number 3. This snow also in the last days. I believe those are the days we're in. In the last days perilous Times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. That's probably nobody in here today. Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. I'll let your pastor teach what that means. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, and everybody else, that's the day in which we are living. And this is the day that the church must be all she was called to be. Every child of God in this building today, whether you feel like you are in the will of God or not, we must be all who God has called us to be because the day and the times and this community and your neighborhood and your workplace, they demand that we be all we need to be. Every individual today, under the sound of my voice, I've got to get this across. You've got to understand that God strategically puts you in this church in this particular time on purpose. Acts chapter 2, after the Holy Ghost has poured out, God begins to uh, uh, do some great things. And the Bible makes a little statement there. And he says, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. If you're in this building today, it's because God strategically puts you in the kingdom of God on purpose. There is only one of you that can only accomplish exactly what you can accomplish if God saved you, if God chose you if God called you i 'm on a mission from the holy ghost today i 'm on a mandate today i i 'm on a mission today i 'm in this pulpit today I believe specifically on purpose to look for somebody in this building, to find somebody in this building, to find somebody that may be hiding in the crowd, I've come to look for you today. I've come to find you today. I don't know your name and I don't know where you are, but I feel like maybe God sent me here on purpose this morning to find somebody and call you out and remind you, you are important. Important to the plan of God, you are important to the plan of God. Hey hey, hey dude from Alaska, you don't even know me you're right, but God does, and God picked you on purpose, and God put you in this church on purpose on purpose. you didn't just stumble in here. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and this church needs you. The kingdom of God needs you, and you need to stop talking yourself out of it. God's got a plan. God's got a will for your life. Behold, I stand at the door. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. He that hath an ear. Let him hear what the Lord is saying today. The best place to hide is to run into a church, a good-sized church, and just hide among the crowd. A couple chapters earlier than our text, is talking about Saul. The Bible says that he hid among the stuff. I wonder what kind of kings in the spirit realm are hiding among the stuff today. Come on, let me just be like I'm at home today. I wonder how many people got up this morning and put on your suit and put on your Sunday clothes and and, and, and had you a cup of coffee and you came into the house of God and you're just here hiding among the stuff. You're not out in the world. You're not lost. You're not out in a gutter somewhere, you're in the house of God on a Sunday morning hiding among the stuff. I'm wanting to tell you that I'm looking for a king today. I'm looking for somebody that God has called today. You're in the church today. You're sitting here on a Sunday morning, but maybe you're not exactly where you need to be in your mission or in your mandate. I want to tell you, I'm looking for somebody today. I'm looking for a king today because when God calls a king, Ah, when God calls a king, let's look at our text real quick. First Samuel 16. The prophet Samuel, he's sent by God to Jesse's house, and all the brothers come before Jesse. All of them. The prophet says, Is this all you've got? <laughs> and I'm sure these were probably good looking men, and they were probably, I mean, these were warriors. These. These were mighty men and I'm sure they had the physique and I'm sure they had the chisel face and I'm sure that they carried themselves well. But the man of God looks for something a little bit different than everybody else looks for. And he turns to Jesse and he said, is this all you got? And he said, well, there's, there's another kid but he's out in the field. God does the calling. Fathers don't pick. God does. Fathers don't pick. God does. So he gets anointed. The next chapter, 17, David kills Goliath. That's a pretty good story. David's praised by the people, and Saul, uh, you know, gets a little bit upset. In chapter 18, Saul gets jealous and wants to kill David. David flees for his life. Chapter 19, I'm giving you the real short version. David goes to find the guy that anointed him. He's got the king chasing him. He's got the armies after him. In just three chapters, he went from being anointed as king, being the greatest guy in all of the kingdom of God, Now, being a guy that's running for his life in three chapters. I mean, two chapters ago, he slew the biggest adversary to the people of God. And now he's sneaking out a window in the middle of the night. Think about it. King David is sneaking out a window in the middle of the night running for his life. A giant killer running for his life. It's not recorded, but probably somewhere in there. If you read between the lines and don't take it out of context, probably he has a conversation with Samuel, something like, Brother Samuel, are you sure you heard from God? Brother Gaddy, I was reminded this morning when you were announcing Easter of the story I've heard you Telling our district about your first Easter. A little bit different. Are you sure, Samuel, that you didn't miss it that day? Maybe you just were a little bit off that day that you picked up a horn of oil and you poured it over my head. Samuel, are, are you sure you didn't miss it? Was it maybe Abinadab instead of David? kind of some of the same letters. You sure you got the right guy? I mean, I was just minding my business out in the field, taking care of sheep. Now look. So we get to chapter 21, and we find David goes to the priest, and he's begging. The giant killer is going to the priest begging for bread. Some of the men of the city recognize him. They look closely and they say, Aren't you David? Chapter 21 and verse 13. You don't have to turn there. It says this. And he changed his behavior before them and he feigned himself as mad in their hands and he scratched on the door of the gate and let spittle fall on his beard. The giant killer is now acting like a madman foaming at the mouth. It's a long fall, and it only took three or four or five chapters, but from the chosen, anointed leader and king and savior of Israel to a madman that's scratching on the door and foaming at the mouth. Then he finds himself in a cave, hiding and weeping, And wondering how in the world did I end up here? I think I came to Cabot to preach to a king today. Hmm. I think I've come today in the direction of the Holy Ghost to walk into somebody's cave. then take a handkerchief and wipe the spittle off your mouth and shake you and say, David, what are you doing? Sir, ma'am, what are you doing? Do you remember that sunny afternoon when you were out minding your own business? When somebody came out and found you in the field and said, The prophet's here. He wants to see you. Do you remember the day that the oil ran down your face, David? Do you remember that afternoon when the prophet looked you from head to toe and he got a smile on his face and he said, You're it. You're the chosen one that God has sent me to anoint. Do you remember the day... The oil ran down your face. What are you doing in the cave, David? And I believe that I'm standing in Cabot, Arkansas today to shake somebody and say, do you remember that sunny afternoon when God filled you with the Holy Ghost, when there was a call of God that was put on your life? Maybe it was a camp meeting. Maybe it was a Wednesday night Bible study. You know... God knows and I know that you're sitting in this cave this morning hiding among the stuff, but God knows where you are. God has not forgotten you. God has not abandoned you. And I want to tell somebody that the devil is a liar and you are valuable and you are highly esteemed in the kingdom of God. I'm looking for a king in this building today. I'm looking for a king hiding Among the stuff, I don't know where you are, but God knows where you are. And this city is waiting on you. This church is waiting on you to get out of the chair. Get out of the chair. Get out of the stuff. Because the calling that's on your life, man of God, woman of God, it's a calling that is specifically for you. Nobody else can do it like you can do it. What's happened in life Have you read about these guys in the Bible? Do you know anything about Peter? He was a mess. We would not have licensed him. matter of fact, most of the apostles, most of the disciples, they were a mess but God. Stop listening the discreditation of hell I don't care what you've done somebody listen to me right now I don't care what you've done I don't care where you've gone get out of yesterday and realize the promises of God are yay and amen if God put a call on your life then there is a call on your life what could be If a David came out of the cave today, what could happen in this city? What could happen in this church? What could happen in this region? Uh, I'm looking for David in this congregation today. Don't tell me about yesterday. I don't care. You ever wondered why a a rear view mirror is so much smaller than a windshield? Come on. Come on. You can't change yesterday. You can't change what happened yesterday, but you can change what happens tomorrow. And I'm looking for a king today, a king today. There's a king under the sound of my voice that's sitting in a cave today. The Holy Ghost has come to remind you, you are valuable, you are important. So Saul is chasing you, huh? You've disguised yourself and you've fit into the crowd. Stop running from the opposition and the very thing God called you to replace. David, as long as you're running from Saul, you're never going to sit on the throne That Saul now sits on. Saul is nothing more than a backslidden peer at this point, David. Don't let that keep you from the position God has called you to. When God calls a king, Saul can't touch you. (laughs) Let me tell you what hell does. Hell fights those that it's afraid of. Let me just stop and minister to somebody right now. If hell is fighting you, it's because hell knows the value that you have in the kingdom of God. And hell is afraid of what's going to happen when you finally walk and submit to the will of God. Hell only fights what it's afraid of and if hell has been beating your door down, and if hell has got the choir singing on your radio station, it's because hell is afraid of what you have to offer the kingdom of God. Uh, Some of us in this room need to understand that the will of God will always protect us from the souls in our life. But if hell can get us running... Some of you have gone to great lengths to fit into the general population. But you're a king. Kings don't fit into the general population. You know it. I know it. And God knows it. Kings don't belong in caves. I'm hunting a David today. When God calls a king, When God calls a king, David, come on, get out of your cave today. Come on, David, you got to understand if Saul had atomic arsenals, if he had stinger missiles, if he had all the modern weaponry, you could not get hurt from King Saul, because when the call of God is upon your life, when the hedge of God is upon your life, you may be in the valley and you may be in the cave, but Saul can't kill you. Saul can't hurt you. David, where are you today? Come on, in Cabot, Arkansas, there's a David sitting under the sound of my voice, and I'm looking for you today. I'm looking for you. Stop using your failures. As a reason to run. You were created. You were called. You were anointed for such a time as this. And I'm going to tell you, as awesome as this great church is, it's not going to be all it's meant to be until you get out of the cave. He added to the church daily for such as should be saved. I don't care. Maybe it was 20 years ago in a camp. God put a call on your life. And things have messed you up and life has happened. Hey, join the rest of the crowd. You're not the only one everybody's got stuff that's going on, but this church will never be all that God has called it to be. And I'm telling you, there are ministries and there are potentials in the Holy Ghost that won't happen until you step forward, until you step forward, until you understand and recognize that the call of God is upon your life. You were created for this. Matter of fact, David, if you don't step forth, the future is going to be greatly hindered. I mean, where did Jesus come from? Have you ever thought about that? Let me just, let me just tell you something else. And if my theology is all off, your great pastor will fix it all on Wednesday night. When Samuel took that horn of oil and he poured it over. That young boy, David, do you not think God didn't know about Bathsheba? And some of us use our sin. Now, I'm not. I'm not justifying sin. God forbid. God forbid. Romans six, read it. We're not going to continue in sin therein. But God called David. In spite of Bathsheba. God knew the failures in David's human heart. Yet he called and anointed him in spite of the fact that he was going to have Uriah murdered. In spite of the fact that he stayed home when kings go to battle. He called him regardless because when God puts a call on your life, when God puts a call on your life, when God puts a call, I'm telling you, the greatest intercessors in our movement have not yet been discovered. The greatest home Bible study teacher in this church yet has not yet been discovered. Discovered. I believe the greatest global missionaries have not yet come forth. The greatest church planners have not yet, the greatest district leaders yet, have not been discovered. Come on, David, where are you? I just have enough faith to believe that under this roof today, there's somebody that God has put a call on your life. He's not yanked it out of there. He's not taking it. He's waiting on you to wipe your beard off. He's waiting on somebody. What could be? What could be? What could be? Could it be that your hesitation is the thing that is stopping us to get to the next level and dimension as a local church. Could it be that the call of God that's in you, that's on you, that's around you is the very thing that this leadership team has been praying about and been seeking God about and has been looking at strategy? Could it be that David is under the sound of my voice hiding among the stuff in a cave? I'm here from Alaska to find you today. I'm here to find you today don't listen to the devil he's a liar Uh, come on man of God come on woman of God God doesn't make mistakes God does not make mistakes never has never will and I'm preaching to somebody today that's in a valley of dry bones somebody you need to come forth today somebody needs to come out of that valley that you've been in somebody needs to come out of that I mean, Jesus came out of the tomb after three days. Maybe it's taken you three decades, but I feel a rock getting ready to roll away this morning. And somebody in this building needs to walk into your promise. Somebody needs to walk. Some of you in this room today, in your trophy room back at home, there's a horn of oil that's been sitting there gathering dust. How would to gods you'd get that out of your trophy case? And you would bring it to an altar today, and you would say, God, if you still want me, here I am. God, if you still can use me, here I am. I wish some intercessors would help me right now because there's a battle going on. There's a spiritual war going on. Hell does not want to release somebody in this room, but I'm here today in the Holy Ghost to tell you it's time to come forth. David, it's time to get out of your seat. David. Come on, intercessors, help me. I'm not going to finish the sermon, but I am going to keep seeking. I am going to keep looking today. I would to God you'd get out of your chair, David. Come on, David, the anointing of God is still resident. I wish some husband and wife couples would come to this altar together right now. I would to God, maybe somebody that's just been a bystander would come to this altar today. I would to God, somebody would step out of a cave this morning. Come on, let the Holy Ghost move right now. Come on, let the Holy Ghost move. God needs you. God needs you. Come on, David. Come on, David, where are you? Come on, get out of that aisle. This city needs you. This city needs your ministry. This city needs what you have to offer. Come on, ministry team, help me right now, pray. Help me pray for people right now. Intercessors, help me right now. Spiritual battle is taking place in this altar. Come on, I'm waiting for you. Come on, David, get out of your cave. Come on, get out of your cave. What do you got to lose? What do you got to lose, David? I'm looking in this congregation for a king. Hallelujah! 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 Come on, be renewed in the Holy Ghost right now. Some of you haven't spoken in tongues in a little while, get renewed right now. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Come on, you've been away from God for a while. Today's a day. Today's a day. Today's a day of salvation.